The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen a video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. And welcome back to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is episode 24. I'm one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish, from the podcast Under the Stairs. I'm joined as always by my co-host with the most, Mr. Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm okay, Duncan. It's quite a sad day today. This is the final episode of Doing the Nasty well played, sir. Well played, sir. Thanks. Only a handful of listeners will get what that is, but <laughs> that's all that matters. If someone yep. out there is smiling or laughing or cringing while they're listening to it, we've done our <laughs> job, sir. We've done our job. Then our, our job is done. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Ready to uh, kick off this last episode. Yeah, so so for those that are listening for the very first time, uh, I go, no, this show seems like they've got a an interesting sense of humour. I can't wait to hear more. Uh, sorry to say that this is actually the final review episode yeah. of Doing the Nasty. This is the final three movies from the 72 movie list that we started the prosecuted and non-prosecuted titles. The final three from the non-prosecuted list. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it feels like we've been talking about this during the week. Um, like 72 movies is a lot, right? That's more than one a week. Yeah. If you if you plan it out, um, it's not quite one a fortnight, but it's you know it's, it's somewhere in between. It's like one every week and a half yeah. that we, that we've watched for this show, and it has flown in so fast. It is unbelievable. I can't believe that one we're almost in December, uh, which is scary. But um, the second thing I can't believe is that this show, which. I'll be honest with you, after about episode number three, when we'd already hit a couple of less than great movies, is that a, a nice way of putting it? I kind of thought, yeah. this is going to be a slog. This is going to be the longest year podcasting of my life. 
<laughs> and it hasn't it hasn't been that way at all. It's, it has flown in so fast that I can't believe that this is this is the last three movies from the list. Yeah, I mean it's weird because obviously we, we know we planned this out, and I think I said last episode that you sent me the schedule, and it was like fucking hell, we finish about mid no end of November, do we? Yeah, fuck me, like, and then like the idea, like I mean, time goes really fucking quick anyway, doesn't it? But it, it almost it seemed so long away, and now it's like fucking hell, it's Jesus, it's Christmas in about three weeks' time, and yeah. here we are, <laughs> final episode, all seventy two films down. Yeah. Which is mad. I mean, I would have never watched the 72 video nasties because I just wouldn't have had the motivation to do it. I would have watched a few of them. and I mean, we, I already had watched a fair few of the, the popular ones, but I think I would have got to the point where I watched a few of the shit ones and thought, oh, I can't, I can't do this. So it's a great opportunity to actually get through and sit, you know, something to kind of tick off your list, isn't it? I've actually watched all of these 72 notorious films. Um, and then there's just that bizarre thing where only about 10% of them are, you know, deserve to have that notoriety <laughs> because, you know, they're just not that bad, are they? I mean, we've got some a, a very strange collection of films tonight, to be honest. They're all very different movies, aren't I, they? I, I love the fact that we're ending with this episode because, to me, this episode as a whole with the selection of these three movies pretty much sums up the nasty list, like, in its yeah. entirety. Like every everything that we have kind of covered is in here. We have zombies, we have yeah. pseudoscience, we have exploitation, we have women in prison, we have a genital torture, we have rape. A couple of times, yeah, yeah. We have supernatural. Like every almost this episode almost feels like the the over kind of overarching summary of a lot of the main themes that we've covered throughout. Our, our journey through the video nasty list are encompassed in these three films. Um, yeah. That's not to say that they're great, and we'll get we'll get into that. But um, yeah, I think I think getting to this stage, like you say, I would never have done it either. It's one of those things that has been kind of toyed around with in my head for years now. Is that I mean I am one for making New Year's resolutions. I'm, I'm I don't always stick to them. I'm like a lot of people, yeah. but I try and pick about two or three which are. A, attainable uh, and then I try and pick a couple that are a bit of a stretch and I see where they land and one of them t- you know there's always something movie or TV related so there'll always be a this year coming up I will watch the entire se- series of a programme everyone's been talking about or I'll try and watch as many movies by this director as possible and all the rest yeah. and I- I've always found that those are the ones that are a bit of a struggle because you get to that thing if you hit a couple of bad movies why would you want to watch any more? Yeah. You know exactly, what I mean? Because yeah. you, you, you're just torturing yourself. Um, and that's why on my other show, the podcast Under the Stairs, um, this year I did um, full, a full retrospective look at uh, Argento, who's one of my favourite directors. There's a couple of movies that I don't necessarily like that the guys put out. And I would yeah. never watch them. If I was watching Argento movies, I'd skip over them. But I was like, if I put that in this show context i will watch those movies and that's exactly the same with doing the nasty if i know that i have to every two weeks sit down and talk about another three movies from the nasty list i will watch them and yeah i mean you say it's like you say it's about 1.5 movies a week we we kind of watch them back to back i know i tend to like i'm the same yeah because yeah binge i mean there has been somewhere i've spaced it out but i mean these last ones i watched two yesterday and one the day before just to kind of uh to get through because you do need them fresh in your mind 
Definitely. Well, Definitely. I think um, so, the the other thing I was yeah, going to say is resolution achieved then for you yeah yeah definitely because that was that was one of the things as soon as we spoke about this and we'll get into more detail next week which is officially our last episode but we're not movie reviewing on that one we're just gonna kind of close out the show in a nice fashion with with a lot of interactive stuff from our listeners and uh, I'm, i'm really looking forward to doing that but we (laughs) <laughs> we discussed this in December last year and I've, I've mentioned it before on this show this was an idea for your show I'm going to do a Video Nasties episode of um, Big Horror and Little Podcast do you yeah. want Do you want to come on to that and I was like yeah cool and then we were like well what three movies will we do and you instantly start going oh well we'll have to do Cannibal Holocaust we'll have to do I Spit in Your Grave Last House on the Left you start picking those ones and then yeah. from that just through conversations this idea of why not just do a show that covers them all? And I I hadn't realised at the time that obviously like Video Nasty podcast uh, that Chris Brown had put out even existed, or there are other shows that have covered like many kind of runs of Video Nasties. I, I, it was one of these things I thought no one ever talks about Video Nasties in podcasts, and yeah. I don't know why. It's and I don't I, well I know on some level that it's an inherently British thing, mm. but. Yeah. Why no one was because t- it's it as it seriously is a very important bit of history. I mean, regardless if the movies are tacky or whatever, um, the, the kind of mass level of censorship that a country would take towards its citizens when it comes to what they can watch is something mm. that's usually important and should never be forgotten. I think is is one of these things that we. We should always keep that in the back of our minds that the governments do have that power and when hysteria reaches a certain level, which it's doing again for completely different reasons at the moment, um, but when they reach those levels of hysteria, people almost allow government to to kind of rush through things which on paper, if you were to sit there and scrutinise, make no fucking sense and are an obstruction to freedom. Um, yeah, the freedom it's a question, that you, isn't it? it is, it is. <laughs> no one should ever be in the position to tell you what you can and can't watch. Uh, not in a democracy, anyway. Like maybe in a, a dictatorship or you know a, a kind of fascist state or whatever. Yes, I can understand that. I can understand why North Korea has you know a, a president who does not allow his people to you know look out towards other countries and solely keeps the attention on him and puts out fake... I can understand that because that's a level of control. But when you look at the the freedoms afforded to people in Western democratic countries, this idea of censorship on this level... I mean, like people will be like, oh, it's a couple of movies. 72 movies, ladies and gentlemen. 72 nice. fucking movies over the space of a... You know, like over the space of a couple of years banned... Um, and not because they were watched all the way through the bits were taken from each of the films put in a a propaganda video which was aimed to shock and aimed to appall people that do not watch that cinema and then given to them out of context of course it would the um the documentary the uh, video nasties you know the the documentary that we get a lot of our information from the, that basically opens with literally the worst, most gory, horrendous bits from all 72 films, all strung together in about a two-minute clip. Yeah. And it looks brutal. 
But when you watch a lot of that stuff in context, in the context of the movie, it's really piss poor. But that's a fantastic, like, two or three minute snip of just all the fucking gore from every film. It's worth, you know, it's worth getting the uh, the video nasties thing and having a good look at that documentary because it is brilliant. Yeah. And I think that's what actually brought to my attention the fact that it was an actual list. I think when I was a kid, I just thought a video nasty was the the name given to a film that was I wasn't allowed to watch, you know, because yeah. it was too gory or too violent. And I just thought that was like, you know, it was just a, a nickname given to those types of movies. I didn't realise it was an actual list until kind of only probably a few years ago. And yeah, and it is amazing, you know, that they that they actually, you know, they compiled this list and some of the stuff you can understand back, you know, in the day. I mean, we'll just reiterate as well, if we've got any new listeners, that we don't agree with censorship at all. Obviously, you've just said that, you know, it's a complete oppression and mm -hmm. you know, it's taking away people's freedom to tell them what they can and can't watch. But there's a few films where you can understand why they caused a bit of a fuss. But most of them, it's almost, it's a fuck, it's, it's laughable why some of them made the list but you do kind of see these weird discrepancies in in law and it, and it will just be one of those things in history i was reading um about a crime at work um the other day and it was basically a woman who had uh, having a neighborly dispute and her neighbor came into her garden and she said if you don't get out of my garden i'm gonna put i'm gonna wet you with my hose pipe the woman wouldn't come out of her garden, wouldn't leave her garden, so she wet her through with a hose pipe, and she ended up getting a 12-month conditional discharge, basically went to magistrate's court and got found guilty. Fucking hell. Of, of common assault. And yeah. technically, that is a common assault. Spitting at someone is a common assault. You know, mm -hmm. like, so it, but what kind of blew my mind with that is you've got three people there that that needs to get through before that can count as a, as a guilty conviction. And bear in mind, if this woman has a... a a DBS, or what used to be called a CRB, that that common assault guilty charge will literally be on her file until her hundredth birthday. Yeah. And what's insane is that the officer had to think that was serious enough. They then have to consult with a, a Crown Prosecution Service lawyer, who basically take take the facts and decide whether it's worth you know taking this further and actually going to court. And then you've got a magistrate's judge who actually goes, yeah, guilty, and gives you... So, you know, that's three people who aren't fucking thinking straight, but just by an unfortunate series of events that, you know, all they had to do was get a different CPS lawyer on the phone or a different magistrate that day, and nothing would have happened with that. And I think that's a bit like with this. Like, it, it should never have happened, but by, like, some weird, bizarre, like, you know, bunch of circumstances this list got created mm -hmm. and it is just fucking laughable when you look, look at some of these films as to why people were getting so het up about these films that are badly made, badly acted. The effects are terrible, but here we are. <laughs> <You know. laughs> well, if anything, it gave us an opportunity to do the show. <laughs> so I would yeah, like to exactly. think that someone in advance went one day, there'll be this format called time. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a format called podcasting and we need yeah. to bring together two podcasters from the same area when I say area I mean in the world um, for, yeah, for, yeah, we need to bring them together and we need to 
create a show that looks at the ridiculousness of what we're doing right now. And that's what yeah. we did, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, like I say, next the, the next show, um, which will be episode number 25, the final episode we're doing, we are going to be very interactive with that. Um, I've already I've already started posting some stuff on our Facebook group page, but we'll go back and I'll mention more about that at the end of the show. Um, Andy, what, you, what have you been up to, sir? It, it feels like I've not spoken to you in a while. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, um, I've been to a couple of gigs. Uh, Rock City in Nottingham. I went to see Clutch on Tuesday. Oh, I love Clutch. Uh, went to see Stereophonics on Friday. <laughs> Both fucking brilliant. Uh, I had my tattoo finished yesterday, so I've got a sore arm today. Got oh, I can't wait to see a four. Yeah, I'll send you some. Yeah, I've got my. Uh, it's a Japanese demon, which is uh, finished now, which I'm really pleased with. And I watched a film which would have been on the nasties list had it probably, you know, had the, the nasties list been around today. A film called The Treatment. Ah, yes. Now, I got this for my birthday. Actually, my, my best friend got me it for my birthday along with Peaky Blinders and fucking all this stuff. Like, see, I found out, like, you're part of this now, Blockley. I found out that when I. I don't watch a TV show that other people are watching, they tell me to watch, and I'm like, I'll get around to it. People get impatient and then buy me it. <laughs> was happening again, has it? Yeah, well, Peaky Blinders is one of those shows that my, my friend's like, you're gonna, you, you need to watch this. And he's been trying, he's been throwing keywords at it. It's like Tom Hardy's in it, you know, Celia yeah. Murphy's in it. And I'm like, I'll get around to it. So it bought me it. Um, and I, I arrived the same with uh, This Is England, which you, you got me for my birthday this year. And it, <laughs> it, you know, I arrived in the first thing I read on it was that Sam Neill's in it. And I'm like, Okay. Why didn't you just tell me Sam Neill was in it? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, had you told me Sam Neill was in it, I would have in watched what? it. And Peaky Blinders. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Had he told me that Sam, the Sam Neill, he's so dreamy Sam Neill, had someone, <laughs> had he said to me, Sam Neill is in Peaky Blinders, I would have binge watched that motherfucker. Right. But he didn't okay. do that. So he bought me it. So he bought me that and he bought me the treatment. And of course, I was so busy looking at Peaky Blinders, I didn't look at what the treatment was until he'd left. And then. Like, what's the fuck's this movie? Uh, did a quick check on the on the internet to see um, what kind of reviews it was getting, and the reviews are insanely high for this movie. Yeah. Um, so much so that I have not had the opportunity to actually sit down. I want to give it like, see when a movie gets like really really high ratings, I kind of feel like I should watch it myself in a quiet room with no distractions around, so I can put my whole attention in it and then yeah. you've told me you have watched it now and you thought it was good yeah i thought it was brilliant i'd probably give it an eight and a half maybe even a nine out of ten. Ooh, um, that's high for a blockley huh? probably not a film i'd ever want to watch again um the subject matter is it is up there with it's kind of a pretty much the worst subject matter you know it's child pornography child it's you know child rape really um and it's weird because what they do, um, which is interesting, it's not a graphic film particularly, but when they do show you stuff, you kind of go, wow, uh, they fucking went there, did they? Holy shit. Like, you know when you see the video of the girl being killed in uh, True Detective? Yes. And the rest of True Detective isn't particularly gory, is it? But there's that one kind of snippet where you almost get to see the person watching the film and you see a little shadow of the film. You know, you yeah. get to see a tiny bit. Well, like, working, obviously I kind of work in sort of child protection and they have, um, they basically, when they find child porn, it's graded 
from a level of one to five, one being just like a kid fully clothed in a provocative pose or something, or maybe in just his underwear. Uh-huh. And level five is basically full-on child rape and bestiality sort of thing. Um, and it shows you a clip of what would be a level five video, which kind of made me think, fuck me. I don't even know how they got the kid to do that. I don't even know how they got to explain to the kid you need to pull this face because you're in a lot of pain. You know, It really shows you the kid's face as he's being arse raped. Fucking hell, man. It's like, wow. That's, but it's not a graphic film at all. Obviously, it got an 18 certificate, you know, but it's not, the, the movie itself isn't graphic. It's just when you do see the odd three or four second clip of something like that, you kind of think, fuck me. Yeah. Like, that would not happen in an English speaking movie. Obviously, this is a Belgian movie that has happened to be released over here, but the subject matter, um, I mean, I haven't got kids and I won't tell you what happens in the film, but there's certain. There's bits that I think would be a hell of a lot worse for me to watch if I had a kid, and I right. haven't. Obviously, you have. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'd be interested to see what you think. But as far as um, you know, a, a detective on the trail of a serial killer sort of thing goes, it's fucking brilliant. It's it really is a fucking awesome movie. Um, it's just difficult oh, subject matter, and I can't it's wait funny to watch because. It now. Hey? I said I can't wait to watch it now. Oh yeah, you've got it, man. And um, and like, it's weird because the only negative review on Amazon is somebody saying this is awful and bleak. That's basically what her review was, and she gave it one star. <laughs> and, and I actually, and I not, never bother reviewing anything particular myself. But I had to, I had to reply to a review. I just said, look, you can't give a fantastic film one star because you can't handle the subject matter. Yeah. Because yeah. that's really unfair. It's like when people give something one star on Amazon because it turned up late or it was broken when it got there. Yeah, yeah. You think you're not reviewing Amazon as a service, you're reviewing the movie. You don't give it one star. But apart from that, it's basically, I think, four and five stars. And I think the only people, re- the re- only reason a lot of people are marking it down from a five star movie is because it's, it's almost like I can't give a movie with child raping five stars, can I? You know, it's yeah. like. I think we don't feel comfortable giving that much accolade to a film that is so disturbing. Yeah. But it's so it's so good. It's so well acted. The characters are great. There's some brilliant twists and turns in it. It's it really is up there. And if you can if you can handle that subject matter that I've just mentioned, then yeah, I'd fully recommend that movie. I oh. can't wait to see what you think. Yeah. But a film like that, can you imagine? With that kind <laughs> of uh with that kind of content, yeah, thirty years ago, never yeah. happened. It would never. No, you're right. You're right. It's. Uh, Do you know I, what? I can't wait to see Obviously, it. Obviously, you've got um, baby rape, haven't you? In something like uh, what Serbian is it? film. Serbian film. It's nothing. Serbian film's almost like a fucking comedy because yeah. of the way it's done. This, this is you know, this, this is how you show. Because you've always said, haven't you? It's what you don't see. That's well, yeah. This is this was my issue. Was like Serbian film was hyped up so much as being this, you know, one of the most graphic worst films you've ever seen. And I watched it, and it's it's so over the top, and it shows you absolutely everything, and it's not particularly, those effects aren't particularly well done, so yeah, at that point you're just like "Eh." in the treatment as well, like the stuff you do see is bad, the stuff you don't see and that you just hear about is actually even worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, it actually it is even worse than the stuff I just told you. So, yeah, oh, I can't wait! I cannot wait to watch it now, and uh, I will watch it before the next episode because, as part of our, our closing episode, we are going to be doing a little segment on modern films that would definitely have made the list. 
Um, so it sounds like this might be one of them. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've not I've not been up to all that much, if I'm honest. Uh, I foolishly bought myself a copy of Fallout Four, <laughs> which is a lot of my a lot of my free time. Um, Widowmaker, that is. Yeah, pr- pretty um, much. Wife but, will never see now. Yeah, I, I tend to play it when she's asleep. Um, so it doesn't affect her, t- her too much. Uh, and it's, it's on, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those games as well where it's not it's not a button mashing game. So I I have tried it before in the past with certain games. I'm like, you know, I I'll, I'll play it while you sleep, and I'll you know I'll just play it in the room and I'll be fine. But certain ones are button. She wake up. She's like, what? you're making so much noise rattling buttons. It follows <laughs> not like that. You could be walking in that game for an hour and not come across anyone. Um, Okay. Which is my sort of game. That's how I like to live yeah. my life, Andy. Is all the tension and yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah, out with that. Um, been checking. I've obviously been buying some uh, Christmas presents. Some Blu-rays have arrived as well, and uh, just kind of getting in the in the zone for Christmas now. Uh, like you said, we're yeah. at, at the time of recording, we're three weeks, five days away from Christmas. So um, not that. Not that long. Um, when we um, when our next episode drops three days later, I will be in Lanzarote. Ooh, you going away for Christmas? Yeah, on the seventeenth, and the minute it's twenty five degrees over there, and I can't imagine it getting that much colder in the next three weeks. So <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully it'll still be in the twenties when I get there. Oh, well, I just got a, I just got a message from someone that I work with uh, while we were recording this intro. Um, he lives about a half an hour drive away from me, and the snow is coming down quite heavy where he is. So yeah, yeah my Christmas tree goes up today. So if it wants to snow, it can snow. I don't care. Yeah, I, I think ours is going up in the week. The only thing actually I'm worried about, and it hadn't crossed my mind until you just said that, is that the, the airport gets snowed on and we can't take off. Oh, you'll get it. Yeah, in, tw- in 2010, when you know the country was battered with the worst snow it had in like a, a century. Um, a whole three inches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in England, maybe. So up here, it was like, it was actually up to my knees. Like, was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, well when I say bad snow, I mean bad snow. Like, yeah, but you need to explain this because this is hilarious. I was, I was just going to say, like, for, obviously, we've probably got some Canadian listeners and stuff where, like, a foot of snow is just like a, a little shower of rain over here. Like, if we get an, half an inch of snow, the fucking country grinds to a halt. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. You would think like, as well, the UK... don't know what to do. You would think in the UK as well, we would be used to a bit of snow, but apparently, no. Everyone just is like, no, nope, can't do it. Nah, not it's happening. Absolutely fucking hilarious. Literally, like shops close, schools close, yeah. and there's just a pattering of snow on the ground. Yeah, it's unreal. It like, there's yeah. car accidents because people just don't know how to drive in the snow. It's fucking mental. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really strange. But in, in 2010, we got like really bad snow up here. Anyway, we did, and it was it was up to about knee height. Um, and me oh. and my wife were booked to go away to Prague, um, and. We were so lucky. The first day that it stopped snowing was the day we were flying out. So they managed to clear uh, the, the runway and we managed to get okay. out there. We arrived in Prague, which was also getting similar snowstorms. You wouldn't fucking know it. Everything had been cleaned. There was everyone does everyone pulls in together. Shop cleaners yeah. were cleaning the you know, just just life just life finds a way, as uh, Jeff Goldblum says from uh, yeah, Jurassic Park. Sure. But yeah, it's just fucking crazy, man, honestly. So yeah, you'll get out. You'll get it to Lanzarote. 
Yeah, hope so. Hope yeah, so. you'll get, you'll get out, you'll get out. Uh, right. So three movies, final three movies from the list. We are going to be covering on this episode the witch who came from the sea from nineteen seventy eight. Six. We're going to be covering Women Behind Bars from 1975 and then finishing it off with Zombie Creeping Flesh from 1980. Andy, am I right in saying it's me that's kicking us off this week? It is you, yeah. Oh, finally, right at the end of the show. Got like, it right. It's taken me 20 odd episodes to start finding out who's doing what, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so we're going to be covering the first movie, uh, which you came from the sea, right after Johnny Krug's promo for Kruger Nation, and then some wise, learned individuals from that documentary telling you maybe why this movie was um, put on the band list. Myself and Andy will discuss it right after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.kruegernation.com The Witch Who Came From The Sea. What can I say about this film? It's a strange coalescence of art house, of exploitation, of trippiness and of simply indescribable point. I have no idea the reason why this film was made, but I'm glad it was made. Its main star is a woman called Millie Perkins, who plays Molly. Millie Perkins appeared in the 1959 Diary of Anne Frank, which was nominated for 11 Oscars, and it won three Oscars. And so I think her appearance in this is particularly interesting because she is also playing another kind of victim. However, like Anne Frank, she's a resourceful victim. The film has a lot of quite intense scenes. Also, the video cover uses the words incest and castration, which immediately bring out warning bells. The scene of castration, however, we don't see in depth, but the way that we find out that Millie has become a killer of men is a flashback scene right at the end where her very large, very hairy, very brutal father is on top of her and it's possibly one of the most explicit incest scenes I have ever seen. However, I wouldn't say that it was exploitative. It simply seems to be quite harrowing without being titillating, which is something that the BBFC said they uh, presumed that scenes of violence and sex were often titillating when they should be harrowing. Find out what's happening in the real world. See it in black and white. God made all of us perfect. Truly, he did. How close do you want to be to the woman in your life? You don't know if it's true or not unless it's on television. Why was Grandpa lost at sea? I don't know. Because he was perfect. Too good to live on land. And welcome back. So you have uh, just heard that little intro for our first movie review, which is The Witch Who Came From The Sea from 1976, directed by Matt Simber, I think that's how you pronounce that, Uh, the writer's Robert Tom. 
The movie has some people in it. I'm not going to go too much into that. IMDb says the synopsis for this movie is quite short and sweet here. A disturbed woman is haunted by memories of childhood abuse, which culminates in a murder spree. Um, right, let's, this is this is an interesting one because I don't know what I expected from this movie. And, um, it wasn't this. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't at all. Our buddy, um, Chris Brown, from the Video Nasty podcast, had put a couple of weeks ago when he joined the group that this was the one he was most interested to see what we thought of. Okay. Um, and I don't know, we have not done, generally we do a bit of back and forth during the week on movies that we've watched and we have not yeah. done that for these three. No. So I don't know where you land in this one. I will say that I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it is totally not what I expected at all. No. But when I did a bit more research into it, certain things started to make sense as to why I dug it so much. And the first thing that kind of stood out to me is the cinematography is fucking amazing in this movie. And then you mm. find it is Dean Cundy that did it. Yeah. And so I'm like, go, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> so even before he was doing things like Halloween and he's, he's long stint with Carpenter or, you know, onto things like Jurassic Park and, and, and stuff like that. He did this movie, and you can see a really steady, kind of woozy, dreamy sort of filming style here in this movie. I think what kind of stood out to me the most is that the picture, very misleading, uh, the front cover very misleading, because I genuinely expected this is going to be a movie about a witch. And she has come from the sea. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's like saying, that's like saying, you know, fucking a movie like I Spit in Your Grave will have a scene where she spits on someone's grave and that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I would take in the name too literal. What I quite like about this movie is like, its subject matter is actually pretty fucking grim. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it is about this this uh, this woman um, who... Molly, I think, is her character's name. Uh, I watched this one a couple of days ago. But Molly is... She has been abused in the past by, I believe it was her uncle. Yeah. Um, and she is, it's, she's basically back for revenge. And it's, on paper, that kind of makes it sound like it could be like something like I Spit in Your Grave, but it's nothing remotely like that. It's not like a rape revenge movie per se at all, no. really. It Kind of what it is is more this kind of weird, exploitative sort of art house kind of drama if that's if that's a way to describe it and um, yeah. it's, it's her mainly kind of it kind of follows her wreaking revenge without graphically showing you anything really um, yeah. it's quite tame by, by standards of other movies which cover a similar content um, which I thought was quite interesting as well yeah. Um yeah, I, I kind of thought there was a lot of this movie that just kind of feels like it was geared towards me. <laughs> so it will not surprise me in a second if you tell me you did not like this movie. Um, it really does have... I'd like We've already spoke about certain movies that kind of fall into this category of being almost very arthouse, like movies like Possession or Driller Killer, which have this mm. kind of arthouse aesthetic. It kind of, to me, this one kind of sums it up probably the best. Yeah. Um. Just in terms of the way it's shot, the the, the the kind of the weirdness, the underlying weirdness of this movie all the way through. Um. 
the, there is not the greatest of acting in the movie, but I think the the, the main roles anyway are acted fairly well. I think uh, Millie Perkins as Molly is is really. I don't necessarily fully believe that she's a character that has grown up with abuse, but I do believe her intentions when she's going for for revenge. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a, there's a conscious choice not to show. I don't know if it's you know budgetary, but there's a conscious choice not to show graphic killings and graphic revenge in here. I think if they did, it would probably ruin the tone of the movie. You know, I think it would almost it'd be like trying to put a you know a I, I nail him with a sledgehammer, you know. It, yeah. it it kind of feels like this movie does what it needs to. It is a weird oddity. I'm very, very, very surprised that this this made the list, even though it does it does kind of cover the idea of rape um, yeah. in the movie. You know, it does it does cover the idea of death as well. You know, things that were you know trigger trigger fingers for for the video nasties, but. Um, yeah, I really like. This is a weird one. The only thing I didn't really like is the score of it. It's pish. Um, <laughs> it's like a very really sh- yeah, very very like some of these like scenes of drama were like a really shit cycle. Um, and I was like, eh, eh, but you know, like, <laughs> but it was like, what, a what, a what? I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this? It's got a weird wobble board thing going. Yeah, on well, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. But yeah, when like some of the shots in this this movie are some of the most beautiful shots I've seen in any any video nasties movie thus far. You know, just yeah. like some of the panoramic views of the sea and things like that. And once again, when you hear that Kundi is the guy that did that, it makes total fucking sense to me. You know, this yeah. is like a couple of years before before he goes off and kind of basically really solidifies his career working with with, with Carpenter. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I thought this was, one was apparently I, was a, a DVD release in two thousand and four where they basically made a big deal about the fact that they you know they they kind of advertised the fact that Dean Cundy had overseen the transfer into widescreen and that, and I think that kind of sparked interest in the movie. I think a lot of people would have bought it just because of that. Yeah, oh, wow, it's, it's Dean, one of Dean Cundy's. Let's give it a watch. It's about to come out. Um, it's about to, Arrow's about to release it next year. Um, I think I mentioned this. Or, or, yeah, um, like a box set thing, isn't it? Movies you've never seen, kind of thing. Yeah, it basically, I think it's like a, it's like the Great American Nightmare or something. I think that the, yeah. the, they're calling it. And it's less lesser known movies, isn't it? Yeah, out. and this is one of them. And it's funny. I was reading the like, you know, when Arrow ever do like an announcement of a title, it's brilliant just to take two minutes, like give it like a day, take two minutes and go across and read the comments on the Arrow page because they're like serious cinephiles for yeah. that page. But it's always good to to hear. The reactions and like some titles that I think ah, that doesn't sound all that interesting. I'll read what people are writing and they're like, "Can't wait so long that we've been waiting for this on Blu-ray." And I'm like, "Oh right." And then there's yeah. other ones that really something. Yeah, they're finally releasing the Black Cat. I can't wait to see this. And you go and read it, and people are like, "Terrible Fulci movie." You know, why, why would they <laughs> release it? You know, release other Fulci movies that are of higher quality. And I'm like, "All oh, right, fuck." Um, and of all the movies that are in that original box set, and I really should have done my, my research here, I've forgotten what the titles are, but of all those movies that kind of were, were announced there, the one that people seemed least interested in was The Witch That Came From The Sea. Everyone seems okay. interested in the other ones, which has given me food for thought either way, Andy. Either I'm going to love the entire box set because the other two titles are going to be better than a movie that I now really like, yeah, or... 
uh, they're going to be really, really cheesy, and the people are maybe maybe don't like it because maybe it is a bit too arty, or maybe it doesn't go too far, or, mm. or whatnot. So it will be interesting to to see what the the final say is for it. Um, but yeah, I I I really had a, I know you laugh when I say these words, but I had a good time with this movie. I really. <laughs> Really, really enjoy. I just thought it was really strange. I, and like I say, it covers subject matter. Um, I, I was for those that were out there that didn't realise. Yes, I was stalling slightly there, so I could say that it's called the American Horror Project. Um, okay, that's it. Yeah. Yep. The the three movies in Volume One are The Witch Who Came from the Sea, uh, Molestia's Carnival of Blood, and The Premonition. So yeah, and what right? I've spoken a lot here. This is where you tell me I'm totally wrong. Why did I do it? You're a prick, Duncan. Right at the end, you're still no. going on about movies aren't good. What did you think of The Witch Who Came From The Sea? Okay, Andy? right. I didn't like the movie. But what, <laughs> I did... but what I did appreciate was the way they handled um, the subject matter of the child's sexual abuse. Yeah. And obviously the woman's sort of, you know, subsequent descent into madness almost as a result, um, you know, when she when she becomes an adult. Because I think what a lot of films get wrong when they talk about, you know, when they kind of show victims of, of sexual abuse, it, it shows people who have never, you know, they, they never go on to, you know, have a sex life and they go on to, you know, they hate men and all this. Whereas the reality of it is, is that a lot of the times when people are sexually abused as children, it pushes them the other way mm. and they become incredibly promiscuous. Um, not always, I'm just saying like quite often it will happen that somebody will, they'll almost want to take control of their own sexuality because obviously abuse is having no control whatsoever. You don't get any control over when someone's having sex with you. Yeah. Whereas if you flip that on its head and you all of a sudden become someone who's incredibly involved in, in a sex life, you're almost taking control and it's almost taking the control back of your sexuality. And obviously that's what happens with her. And I just thought that was quite good. And it's something that you don't tend to see in movies um, is that side of it. Because obviously, you know, she's looking at the guys and she's fantasizing about the two guys on the beach. And, you know, she's looking at their car and looking at them working out and all that kind of thing, which is what most people might think. Well, hang on, if you've been sexually abused, why would you, you know, be thinking like of men in that way? But people, you know, it's, it, it, you know, studies have shown, and obviously my wife works a lot with um, sexual abuse victims. Um, and that is a quite an accurate portrayal of, of how some people go after they've been sexually abused. So I really appreciated it, that on that level, just because that's not something you tend to see in movies. Is you know, like that's almost a different angle that it was showing you. So I really appreciated it in that way. Um, I just, you know, I'm not into these films <laughs> where it's. I did know, think that but, actually. I was like about. 15 minutes into this movie, I'd already kind of resigned myself to the fact that Andy's not going to like this movie. No, but I didn't mind it. I mean, you know, I thought it was good because at first you kind of don't know, is is she killing these people? Is it a fantasy? Because it will go into this big scene where it kind of reinforces my point, what I was saying about people wanting to take control in the bedroom, you know, to, to feel like they're in control in a sexual situation. And she does that, you know, she's got these two guys that she ties up and, Obviously, you know, she, she's obviously, it's this weird fantasy she's got of these football players. And you kind of think, you know, because their, their deaths appear on the news. Yeah. But the way we see it in the film is that she does this thing where she has this fantasy with them and then ends up killing them. But then it's, you know, she's having a flashback because we were watching it and Rach was kind of in and out of the room and she said, what's going on here? And I said, I don't think this is happening. I think this is a 
like a fantasy. I'm not sure. But then the guys turn up dead. So it's almost like this American psycho thing where you don't really know if she's killing them or not. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that kind of I don't it's not that I don't mind that. I just get I almost find it a little bit tedious. Um but I mean as far as films on the Nazis list go, it's not it's not a bad one. Um like you say, it's shot really well, it's acted pretty well. Um and the subject matter I think is is quite brave and really well handled. Um yeah. I'm just, if I can just take it or leave it. I wasn't that impressed with the film other than those aspects of it. Um, yeah, I don't really know what <laughs> to say. It's it, it, not at all what I was expecting. So it was almost a, a pleasant surprise because I was expecting a really bad, almost supernatural thing where, I don't know, maybe like a, a mermaid or something gets washed up on the shore and it's like some kind of curse, which might have sounded good if it was done in the 80s by Stuart Gordon, yeah. um, but, you know, done in 1976 or whenever this was done, this is probably not going to be that good. So when it wasn't that, when it wasn't some kind of wannabe, you know, film about, you know, supernatural film about a witch, I kind of thought, oh, okay, it's just a different tact, you know, like, because she gets obsessed, doesn't she, with these tattoos and she has this tattoo of a mermaid and stuff, so, and she's, uh, you know, and it's, it's set by the sea, so I can kind of see where the name of the movie came from. Um and obviously the the front cover of her kind of with the wild hair and the snake around her, that is almost just sort of a manifestation of her taking her power back and taking her revenge on these men. So that yeah. makes sense as well. Um, so in that respect, you know, I wasn't disappointed because I thought, okay, it's, you know, and it was a watchable film. Um, it's probably just not something I'd ever watch again, but you can understand the, the subject matter as to why. I mean, there are castrations in it, aren't there? Mm-hmm. You know, some, obviously, which is sexual torture, which kind of puts it up there um, with some of the worst stuff that you do get to see in the nasties. Um, yeah, so fair play to it for that. I don't think it's ever got a release in the UK. I don't um, know if this 2004 yeah. release was in America, so obviously this Blu-ray that's coming out, I think is possibly the first time. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think this might be the first version that we have. Um, oh no, hang on. It was uncut, released. Maybe? It was released two years later in 2006. Oh right, as so as uh, as uncut. Apparently, right. yeah, with a runtime of 8743. Um, yeah, in 2006. Oh well, so, yeah. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I've already pre-ordered the box. I'm looking forward to checking it in Blu-ray because that's well, it's well me, worth getting on Blu-ray, yeah. isn't it? Especially when Kundi's a cinematographer. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's going to do an amazing job on that. Yeah, can't wait to check that out. Um, anything else you want to say about the movie, or shall we grade it and move on to <laughs> our, our next movie, which I've I've got a sneaky suspicion we're going to fly through. Um, <laughs> Yeah, really. Um, no, let's grade it, uh, because I'm interested to see what you think. Right. So, got. so for me, it is I think it's going to come in at community service. I, I would love to give it something higher, and I think even though the subject matter itself um, is something which is of quite a, a kind of taboo status within the, the 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 kind of nasties and just in cinema in general, I think had we seen had it been a bit more graphic. You know, had we had we had a bit more, almost on some level, if it had been a bit more violence and a bit more on-screen stuff, even though I'm an advocate of keep it off-screen and yeah. you film the reactions, I think it would probably land higher. Um, I think community service feels like a fair enough grade for me. Uh, definitely shouldn't have been on the list, though, like on the original list or on this list either. What about yourself? Um, I'm only going to give it a slap on the wrist. 
But I do think it should have been on the original list. Do you know? Yeah. I can't argue just, with that. So <laughs> just because of the um, just because of the subject matter, because it's, it's it almost seems like a weird contradiction there to say that I am only giving it a slap on the wrist, but I think it should have been on the original <laughs> list. But the, the, what you actually get to see is not a lot. I mean, you do get to see her cutting people's cocks off, but it, it doesn't disturb like it, it should. It yeah. should disturb, and it doesn't. And I don't know if that's because it's like it's almost a fantasy, and you're not really sure whether it's really happening or it's just the fact that it's not really done that well. Yeah. Um, but I do think. Sort of, yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised it's not on the original list. I don't think it should be on any list because obviously we don't agree that the list should yeah, yeah. exist. But I am just, I, I would have, I wouldn't have been surprised if this was on the original list. Mm-hmm. And it's weird as well because I'm going to almost contradict myself again because if it was on the original list, I would have said it shouldn't have been. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, you know no that, makes, that makes yeah, no, it does make total sense. Like if it was on the first list, I would have still said, well, I can't really understand why because it's not that bad. I'm just. I just don't get why it was dropped. I think it, I'm, I'm surprised it was dropped because the subject matter compared to some of the other stuff. Again, we're going to mention evil speak. Yeah, you know that was on the main list, and this was on the secondary list. And this is, you know, this deals with sexual abuse of children and the and the subsequent descent into madness. And you know, someone never really dealing with those demons. And as a result, as you know, as an adult, they're suffering from severe mental illness. That's quite a heavy subject matter. Yeah. And then you've got Clint Howard <laughs> like <laughs> being chased uh, along a football field by a guy that looks like Prince Charles and yeah. and that one makes the list and so that's just a bit baffling but you know it, I think if this one is worth a watch I don't think I'll be buying the Blu-ray um yeah. but you know I can I can understand why you are it's going to look great I mean there's no there's no denying it's going to look very good on a nice TV so probably worth a watch Yeah definitely cool right so that's our our third last movie down. Don't 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 cry, Andy. Don't cry. No, I won't play the song again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are gonna take a short break. Um, you're gonna hear some promos for shows on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network. Is the network that puts us out exclusively with some other fantastic shows over there that you should check out. Gonna hear those learned folks telling us why. Our good buddy Franco, Jesus Franco. Um, this is his, this is another movie by the great man that made the list. This is the final movie that obviously made the list. Uh, Andy's going to lead us through this review of the rather head-scratching woman behind bars. Uh, yeah. We're going to discuss that movie right after this. There are many mysteries in this world. And whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. Women Behind Bars. This is another Jess Franco film. Not one of his best. Uh, it's one of the sad facts that, you know, virtually none of the really great Jess Franco movies were available on, on British video around that time. Um, we got a bit of a dog's dinner, really, of some of the bottom feeders on his, on, on his uh, filmography, you know, things like Oasis of the Zombies and things like that, which are not terribly good. Um, but anyway, Women Behind Bars 
interesting story about this, and it's you know it's not a great Franco film, but the interesting story about this is that it was um, it was made. It's a classic example of Franco using the money that he'd been given to make one film to make another film for someone else behind the back of the guy who'd given him the money. So I think it was Erwin Dietrich, uh, the producer uh, who ran a company called Elite Films. Um, Dietrich gave Franco the money to make a film which uh, eventually came out in the US as Barbed Wire Dolls. That's its probably the most famous title. It hit video in this country, I believe, in a terribly cut-down version which never bothered the, 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 the video nasty list as Caged Women missing about 20, 20 minutes or something like that, so it's no wonder it never got on the list. There's virtually nothing left of it. Uh, having completed the film for Dietrich, he then used the remainder of the money which he'd uh, kept aside, made a second film, which is Women Behind Bars, and sold that film to a different distributor, obviously having sort of like two bites of the cake from Dietrich's, uh, Dietrich's money. Uh, Dietrich knew nothing of this until a couple of years later when he was in a cinema and was watching some of the footage and thinking, is this my film? This looks, this looks awfully familiar, There's, because the cast were from the same film. He'd used the same cast members, he'd used a couple of the same sort of story ideas. They're both women in prison films. Dietrich, though, was quite philosophical about it, ultimately, and said, well, at least he gave me the good one. L'histoire d'un hold-up sensationnel, aux conséquences tragiques. Un film violent, actuel. And welcome back. So, uh, film number two, uh, like Duncan said, it's our good old our mate Jesus Franco. <laughs> yeah, old Jess Franco. He's back. <laughs> Didn't think I'd see him again, to be honest, because with the subject matter that this guy tends to put in his films, you can see why they're on the main list and yeah. not this list. Um, this is another woman in prison movie slash excuse to show naked ladies. <laughs> really, isn't it? From 1975. Um, yeah, this is Women Behind Bars, which is probably the most, you know, I mean, obviously these these are called WIP films, WIP, Women in Prison, um, and Woman Behind Bars is kind of the most, the, the, a name that most sort of appropriately fits, you know, those, those style of films. It's Women Behind Bars. You get, you know, it does what it says on the tin, pretty much. Although, they're not really in a prison. They're almost, they're staying in the Playboy Mansion pretty much, which is weird. It's, it's, it? Yeah. Like it's not a prison. There's I mean, a few things know, here that just boggle the mind, right? Like, yeah, they have been imprisoned and there, there are there are bars on the prison that they're in, but the prison is just in some like rich guy's house. Yeah. So that really is bizarre for one. I mean, the, you know, the woman ends up putting herself in prison by killing the guy and then just kind of turning herself into the police or whoever she, whoever it is. I don't know why she ends up in some like rich guy's house. Apparently, because I looked into this, like obviously this is a very badly dubbed film, and apparently a lot of the dialogue isn't really matching up with what you know what the Italian version of the movie is. Apparently, then <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Um, there's a scene where a guy is telling a woman to you know to get on her knees when she's chained to the ceiling. So you think, well, there's a lost in translation there because how can you tell her to get on her knees when she's chained to the ceiling? So it makes me wonder how many other things are said in this film that really don't fucking make sense because it's match. just fucking bizarre. Some of the dialogue in this movie is just insane. <laughs> like sort of the last five minutes, the guy. Because what he does, like this guy, it is literally like Hugh Hefner. They're like they're living there as prisoners, but this guy's like shagging some of them, and he's got like one woman that's almost like his, his kind of his his mistress sort of thing, and he kind of sends her into the prison to infiltrate, and it's a really weird setup. Um, 
but eventually sort of our main sort of star who you know gets herself put into the prison in the first place is this really weird scene at the end where she's like coming on to him he comes in and goes do you want some cologne right this is obviously <laughs> aftershave she goes yeah all right brilliant he like tips some aftershave or perfume whatever into her hands and then starts rubbing it all over herself like it's body cream and making like weird sex noises yeah and i think i don't know what that is is it is it aftershave or is it some kind of aphrodisiac it's just weird to have someone go do you want some cologne yes yeah. <laughs> and then just start rubbing it all over yourself it's insane then she starts doing this really weird tongue thing that just made me cringe and I think that's what like Jess Franco does. He puts the peop- he puts people in weird sexual situations that just make you cringe. Because I don't know, people just don't behave and talk to each other like that, do they? And I do think it must be a lost in translation thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're just not saying what they're supposed to be saying because it, oh man, it's just cringing. I mean, what did you think to this? It's, it's so it's such a standard prison, you know, women in prison movie. We've literally seen it all before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah well, what kind of flung me off straight away is like a guy who was famed for doing these sorts of movies, not necessarily women in prison, but doing hypersexualized kind of softcore porn exploitation cinema. The the thing that blew my mind the most was the fact that this movie took so long to get to the fucking prison. Mm. It's about thirty-five minutes or something before we finally make our way there, and it's the the tone of the movie doesn't make sense. Like it, it, it's there's all once again like the previous movie. There's these beautiful like landscape shots and all the rest, and I'm like, this is a wee bit weird. This yeah. is not what I was expecting. And we get like loads of these like really nice shots, and it's all set up really well. And I'm like, I don't know if. I don't know if Franco knows what movie he's trying to make here. And then we finally make our way to the quote-unquote prison, which I'm agreeing with you, didn't feel like a prison. And then it kind of it kind of falls into the sort of movie I would have expected before. Movies like these, you don't need a convoluted excuse to get your women in prison. You know what I mean? They tend to be in prison for ridiculous reasons anyway. And, and they can already be there when the film starts. Yeah. You don't need to see how they got there. Yeah, they can just be there. It's to know. try and maximise the amount of titillation you can get from a movie. Yeah. Like, generally. And this one kind of feels like it, it kind of falters at the start. Not that I'm saying that's what I want to see, but I'm just saying it feels quite weird that when you have a running time in a movie of about an hour and 20 minutes tops... Oh, very uh, sure. Yeah, yeah I, that we spend more than half of it trying to get to the prison. Once we get there, it's very much what you expect from that. You know, there's kind of like that kind of weird lesbianism that obviously happens when you have women in a prison. You know, that sort yeah. of stuff definitely happens. But the fact that we have like, like, basically like electro torture in this prison. Like blows my fucking mind because that comes out of left field. You just don't fucking expect that. Um, not, not in this stage of the game either when we're not on the prosecuted anymore. Like, exactly. Yeah, very much so. There are previous movies we've covered in the kind of Nazi exploitation, sex exploitation sort of thing, where you know there was like a genital mutilation through like diodes and you know electric pubes and stuff yeah yeah which 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 you could you we were sitting there going right we can maybe see why this made the list they had to watch this one and see that happen you're kind of like right well this seems this seems totally weird for this side of the nasty list 
Um, the the dialogue is horrible, Andy. I know you're saying it's some of the worst of it. It's it's, it's fucking horrible, um, and it, to me, it just it gives this idea that they just don't give a fuck about that aspect. Yeah. Get the tits on the screen. We'll give it to someone else. They'll put some dialogue over it. I'd be surprised if Franco oversaw any of that at all. Um, but the weird thing is, though, is that the you know obviously the actors that are doing the dubbing they are English actors. So why didn't someone go? Do you really want me to say this? Because it's weird. I suppose by that point, I suppose like especially in that time frame, there was probably a lot of work for hire voice actors. Yeah, you're not going to argue with the director, are you? You're yeah, just going to get it done. Doing a lot of Italian cinema at this time, that and some of the dialogue in Italian cinema at the best of time doesn't necessarily make sense. So maybe it's just just show up, get the job done, go home, clock in, clock out, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's really, it was a head scratcher for me. I think it's probably like some of those like landscape shots and that were very, very pretty and kind of mm. made me forget what sort of movie I was watching and then we got quite late into the game, we finally got the movie I was expecting, and then by that point, I didn't want to see that movie. Yeah. It was really, it, it, it kind of, yeah, I just kind of, to me, it felt like a strange entry from Franco, um, a strange entry on the nasties, non-prosecuted list, and just mm. a weird movie in general. I don't know what he was aiming for with this movie at all, because I know he's done women in prison films before that have been far more exploitative and far more titillating than this. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on with this movie at all, really, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, I, certainly when we get in there, it definitely ticks off some of what you're expecting to see. Um, the, the, the kind of violence against women angle in prison and and all that definitely kicks into gear. It's not the the most graphic we've seen by by any stretch of the imagination. There were still some yeah. scenes where I was like, "All right, well, oh, fuck, right, I wasn't expecting that." Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's tonally a very strange movie. It is. I mean, they're trying to make it quite nasty. I mean, you know, there's like a whipping scene, but when you know, it's so unconvincing because when the whip's hitting the woman, it's not leaving any mark. But then the camera will then cut away as the whip's coming down and show you a close-up of, like, you know, blood being sort of left on the skin. But that's obviously not the same body that we're seeing because when it goes back to that body, there's no blood on it. And then it will zoom in again. to like So it's just it's almost like the gore was edited in afterwards in yeah. post, which is fucking odd. Um, I mean, the worst bit is the, um, you know, literally electrodes on the fanny lips and uh, being electrocuted. Yeah, and that is pretty brutal. Oh, but gotcha. then there's a weird thing. Hey, I said yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather brutal. But then there's like the weird thing where you're not really sure if she's enjoying it or not as well, because it's almost like the, the the pain noises go to almost sexual pleasure noises. So it's almost a bit confusing. I suppose it's a bit like that thing with Straw Dogs, where she's like being raped, but then she starts to enjoy it. And yeah. obviously that's very strange. You know, if there's someone watching something that it confuses you. It's you know that as, as a viewer, that's. I don't know if that was a deliberate thing, um, or that was just bad, badly written or badly acted. But yeah, I mean that's pretty nasty, and that's why it's very, very surprising that it's on the secondary list. Yeah. Because I don't really know what sets this apart from other women in prison films, where there's also like genital torture and stuff. I don't know why. Th- I don't know what it was about this one that made them decide not to prosecute. Because mm. it's as you know, there's, although this is tame and we've seen worse stuff, a scene like that surely that puts it straight onto the main list, doesn't it? I don't really understand, but 
We're, we're never going to understand what was going on in the minds of these people, but you know, <laughs> at this stage, I'll, definitely not. In this in this stage, it's it's just fucking weird. But this was like you said. I mean, it takes half an hour to get to the prison. Um, obviously, the you, you know we we can't really show the main amount of nudity until we've got there. So I'm surprised it took him so long because that's all really Jess Franco wants to do. He's just show naked ladies and any excuse in any situation. You know that's what he does. Um, do you think that guy would have had a career at all if he was born in the age of internet porn? Oh, absolutely not. He'd just be sitting at home wanking. That's what I think as well. I think I think a lot of it is, is almost to, on some level it's a bit of a shame that like exploitation has been castrated by the fact yeah. that anyone can sit down at a computer and type in boobies and get like a photo. Like a, you know, get like a plethora of racks. Um, to, I mean, to you can and, get, you can pretty much get porn on YouTube. Oh, pretty. You know? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Know, so even if uh, you know, even if you, your parents have got parental controls on your computer, there are ways around it. The internet now is literally fucking a wash. I mean, like obviously we use torrent sites. Yeah. And uh, you can click onto movies, and it shows you all the latest movies that have been added that day. You can click onto music, and if you click onto porn. There's literally hundreds of new videos uploaded on a daily basis. I don't understand. It, it, it's fucking like staggering. Yeah, have you ever done the? Stuff. You must have been in the same scenario as me. You've downloaded a movie. You've really been looking forward to it. You've opened the file. It's porn. And my dad. Like, yeah. My dad downloaded American Hustle, right? <laughs> and he downloaded American Hustle Triple X. <laughs> my dad's sixty nine. I don't think stuff like that was around when he was our age. <laughs> and he and what he does, he'll download a film and then he'll 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 open it and like skip five ten minutes in just to make sure it's like you know the lip syncs right on it and it's in the proper language because sometimes you download a torrent and it's in Spanish or you know yep. the lip syncs well out so you have to download a different one. So we obviously downloaded it, double clicked on it just to open it and have a quick look. Skipped five minutes in and I think it was just straight into the cockpit. <laughs> So, ah, it's so funny. That was hilarious. When I went round, he went, oh, he went. I downloaded uh, American Hustle, didn't I, the other day? I went, oh yeah, is that any good? He went, not the one I, not the one I downloaded. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> he went, he went. They show you everything. I went, yeah, they do. Yeah. He yeah went, no, literally though. He went, no, Andy, everything. I went, yes, yeah, I that's, know. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that. That's modern porn. You, yeah. They, it leaves nothing to yeah. the imagination. There is no. There is no imagination. It's cold it's hard facts. Not you know, it's literally like you're watching like a fucking bi- biology video. Yeah, it's like it's like you want David Attenborough in the background. It's that fucking clinical. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, yeah, oh. hilarious. But yeah, like you, like you say, of going back to to the point you were making. Yeah, a film like you know, films to titillate. There is no, there's no demand for that anymore because you can literally log on and, and be looking at hardcore porn within five seconds, can't yeah. you? Online. Yeah, it's it's a weird, weird thing like looking back to see like how like guys like this just made a career of putting out three or four movies a year which are basically and it's just to shoot softcore porn yes it's, it's so so strange where, where do you come in with your grading for women behind bars it's really hard isn't it because this one's this one's the one i've agonized the most about tonight like in terms i'm of gonna have to give it some community service because there is a woman being vaginally tortured with electrodes and you see every, it leaves nothing to the imagination you can literally see them attached and you can see a close-up of her funny as it's going on and then you get to see her suffering 
while it's happening. So I really don't think I can give it anything lower than community service just for that. Because although the film's re- pretty tame and there's not really a lot else in it, that one scene it puts it on the, it puts it into that category for me because it's it's horrible. Imagine like, the thought of it is weird, and it's more and it's even weirder to watch because you're not kind of sure whether she's a, a little part of actually enjoying it, which is obviously makes it even more kind of disturbing. So. Yeah, I think I have to give it community service. I'm the same. I'm 100% yeah. with you. I thought, it was to me, it was weird coming into this week's one. And uh, I obviously won't give away my score for the final movie. But as it stands just now, two, I would give community service to two of these movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this one, even more so than the previous movie. And it is that, it's the, 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 the genital electrocution scene, I think is, it was one of those moments, I just thought I've, when I was watching, I was like, "Holy fuck!" You know what I mean? Because you just don't expect it on this side of the list. You don't expect to see that. So, whereas maybe in the previous list um, of thirty nine, I was kind of expecting it. You know what I mean? I was like, "All right, this is there's going to be something in this movie that merited it being on this list." When you've got to this one, we've seen some of the movies where we have seen. I did not expect to see that sequence at all, and it did shock me. I, I thought if you excuse the pun um, it did kind of you know it, it did make me go fucking hell it's um, shocking <laughs> this is absolutely like, see if they'd said that though see you know see if they'd done like a James Bond one line I was going to say if it was a Bond movie he would have said it yeah <laughs> see see if it had been yeah there is a Bond movie where someone gets electrocuted and he says shocking I, so. I'm sure there's an Arnie movie where someone gets shocked and he says shocking as well um, if there isn't there will be Whenever I see like electrocution on the the genitals, it reminds me of a scene. Have you ever seen Human Traffic? Yes, brilliant film, isn't it? Like just about like that's amazing. Basically, drug culture weekend in Cardiff. Very realistic as well for you know that. It's it's just one of them films. It's one of them films when I watched it the first time because it 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 comes after Train Spotting by about three years. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I couldn't enjoy the film because I was expecting something horrendous to happen. Yeah. I was expecting it to be one of them morality tales about drugs, and it isn't a morality tale. It's just basically following a group of people that take ecstasy and coke on the weekend and have a fucking great time, which is pretty realistic. You know, yeah. it's very, very fucking rare that something goes wrong when people are taking those kind of party drugs. So I can now watch that film again and really enjoy it for what it is. But at the time, I was constantly thinking this is going to be one of them morality tales where one of them is going to die at the end. And, and obviously it doesn't because people, you know, fucking don't. You're more likely to choke on a lettuce leaf. Hang on a sec. <laughs> Amazing night rider. Really unprofessional. I'll keep it that. And you've got Night Raider as your theme song. Like, yeah, yeah, that's wow. my dad ringing. That'll be my dad ringing. He's probably downloaded some more porn. <laughs> so yeah I mean it's that thing isn't it like you're more likely to choke on a lettuce leaf than you are of dying of taking an ecstasy tablet so it's a very it's, it's just a cool film I really enjoy it. but there's a scene where he's basically off his tits in the back of a taxi on his way to meet his mates he's taking some speed or something and he's talking to the taxi driver about uh, Pete, how much he fucking hates Peter Andre <laughs> and how he'd fucking like to kill Peter Andre because but I wouldn't kill him first right i fucking torture him he's like um um electrodes on the testicles uh wire coat hanger down the jap so i really fucking hurt the geezer <laughs> and, then, uh, and it just reminds me of that like electrodes on the testicles and it is just brutal so yeah you know it's we've got to give it community service for that and i do think it should have been on the original i'm list, the same again yep. for the same reason 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, whether you know we could have argued to the pros and cons and very similar to your previous one. Yeah, it should have been on that original list. I probably would have argued on the original list. It shouldn't have been on there though. You know what I mean? Even no, you've I got mean, that... yeah, I still would have said it shouldn't have been on there, but it should. You know, it's on the wrong list basically. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, there we go. That's our second movie down. Actually, we spoke about that movie longer than I was expecting. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing what what um, a vagina being shocked will do to a conversation, Andy. I know. You know it really ramps it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So we're going to take our final break for their movie reviews. Uh, we've got one more movie review to go of this nasties list. Oh. Uh, and we're we're closing wow. out in. Uh, classic fucking what the fuck am I watching style uh, we are going to be reviewing oh, I can't wait to, this one's brilliant I can't wait to talk about this one yeah this one's fucking all over the place uh, is um, a little movie which was known over here as Zombie Creeping Flesh from 1980 there's going to be more promos coming up there's going to be some more educated people talking about the movie myself and Andy discussing the movie right after this hello have you ever heard of MSK 3000 yeah well we ain't them but we are movie fans who like to drink and talk shit about our favorite movies so join me your host Nudie along with my co-host Jake the Snake and special guest stars as we dissect our favorite or maybe not so favorite movies on the NFW podcast, otherwise known as No Fucking Way. You can catch us on Heartophilia and also at NFW underscore podcast on Twitter or NFW podcast at yahoo.com. Bruno Matai's Zombie Creeping Flesh, also known as Hell of the Living Dead. This film had a cinema release but was then released with massive cuts and eventually became a video nasty. And it's an extraordinary montage. It's a Frankenstein of a monster because Bruno Mattai has managed to sew together a variety of uncredited music and stock footage and it is simply a film that brings together a lot of different genres that were very popular in the Italian exploitation um, field. And yet, I think it's quite a fun little film. You need to hit their heads! I told you! See, like this! It begins with the uh, stereotyped kind of George Romero-esque idea of contamination creating zombies but then it becomes quite confused and it can't really figure out whether the zombies are going to be the kind of hoodoo zombies Get away! or they're going to be contamination science zombies Welcome back to the very final movie review of Doing the Nasty. This is Zombie Creeping Flesh, a.k.a. Virus, a.k.a. Hell of the Living Dead from 1980, directed by Bruno Mattei, um, or as he went in this movie under the name Vincent Don, <laughs> which makes him sound like some sort of weird fucking strip club owner. Yeah, it does. Come to Vincent Don's, we got naked ladies. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, and there's other folk involved with this one. The synopsis for this movie is, uh, as listed on IMDb, a tough female reporter and her 
cameraman boyfriend team up with a four-man commando unit, as you do, um, in the, <laughs> you the, get the, <laughs> yeah, the New Guinea jungle, whom are fighting flesh-eating zombies. That's a poorly written synopsis, but that kind of... That sums up the movie, really. It's a fucking poorly written movie. Yeah, this movie. Oh, my God. Right, I had seen this movie before. Okay. I didn't think I'd seen this movie before, but I have seen it as Hell of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's how I saw it. Yeah, that's why I was confused, actually. I texted you saying, I thought this was like... Because I thought I'd seen it as well, and obviously I hadn't, um, and I didn't expect it to be going into the jungle with like what I thought was going to be cannibals and stuff, which is why I thought, fuck, I'm watching the wrong film here. Yeah. Turns out I wasn't. I was watching the right one. <laughs> so, yeah, the, this one here is... A hodgepodge, which I love saying, I don't get to say it enough. It's a hodgepodge of just every fucking zombie movie up to 1980, all in one fucking movie. They yeah, just... it honestly, it is like literally you've got Dawn of the Dead. I mean, the, the soundtrack is pretty much the it, same. It's no, it is. They, they, like, I, 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 had, I had to double check it. The... I knew it was Goblin, but I thought I'm no, sure it's, it's, it's the same. Like yeah, the same. It's the Goblin. Dawn of the Dead soundtrack, which they stole for this fucking movie. Motherfuckers. I like, knew it sounded similar. I didn't realise it was exactly the same. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. So, and to be honest with you, this movie is a rip-off of fucking... Uh, of Dawn of the Dead for, for a start. But, um, I mean, there's no way that this person watched this, you know... Had had claimed to have made this movie and had not watched the Filchy zombie movie that came out the year before. I mean, no, it, I even mean, the yeah. fucking ending of this movie is taken right from it. <laughs> oh my god, I was watching it's it. And such I, a rip off. And like, no one can decide how the zombies are created. You know what I mean? There's about three I different. It's, it, it, it blew my <laughs> mind watching this. Like, it, it, I was watching it going. I just feel like someone's done like a Rocky training montage of yeah. about four zombie movies and put them all in here. Um, this is the epitome of so bad it's good. This is a, like this is for me is I'll watch this again. This is fucking ace. Like, oh this this was this is fucking... I laughed out loud God knows how many times watching this movie just going, This makes no fucking how did we end up here who are you the weird stock footage of... well that's that's I, I did it once again did a, a bit more research the weird stock footage comes from a Mondo movie Does which it? they put in after the movie was made okay so the movie was made um, and the producers didn't think it was zombie enough so then they reshot some more deaths. Uh, I think they changed the ending. I think I read that somewhere that the ending isn't the original ending that uh, okay. Bruno shot. Um, and then they put in stock footage from a Mondo movie, a Mondo documentary, and in this fucking. Yeah. I was going to say because the tri the tribal stuff that is really like I thought that looks too real to be fake. It looked yeah. like a real dead body, and I'm sure that's real. Um, yeah. Because then it shows you also. Uh, a footage of um, like a tribes person with basically absolutely no breasts and just a nipple, yep. and that's um, breast binding, isn't yeah. it? What they do, which is absolutely fucking horrendous. I signed one of them online petitions the other day. Um, something they do in uh, some of these tribes where they literally just pulverize the breast tissue by smashing it with rocks and tying rope around it and stuff, just literally so the females have got no breasts. It's fucking absolutely horrendous, just yeah. torture. Um, 
and I thought how like they haven't got a victim of that in this film. It's that's obviously stock footage. You can tell because the grain's different, isn't it, on the stock footage? It doesn't even fit with the film. All of a sudden, you look yeah. at your, you know, there's a completely different hue to the picture. It's because they've just spliced in. As as they're yeah, just terrible. This this is like see when I said like at the start of this episode that these last three movies pretty much sum up and you know epitomise everything that was on the video nasties list. Yeah, fifty percent of that's in this movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. It really yeah. is. It's like going yeah. to the jungle, right? So we've got our jungle thing. We've got our tribespeople. Tech. We've got our, yeah. our weird kind of virus zombie thing. Tech. We've got our zombie sequences. Tech. We've got our commando unit in the jungle. Tech. We've got our a uh, stock mondo footage. Tech. We've got like all this, like all this. We've got fucking... animal stuff as well. Tech. I... I mean, the animal stuff is is not obviously filmed for this, Dave. The the creature, I think it's an alligator or a very large lizard. It's obviously already dead, um, yeah. but you know they've basically got them ripping its internal organs out. Tick. <laughs> it's, it's like the whole thing is just like one giant pastiche montage of of the video nasties. It is the weirdest fucking thing ever, and yeah. for all and its, it's faults. Well because- oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, you know, in, in movies, nobody's really supposed to know what a zombie is, but I've never known a group of people have such a lack of comprehension for what's going on. <laughs> like, some of the dialogue is just insane. Now, I know, obviously, there's, there's films like, you know, Shaun of the Dead, where he, he says, he calls something a zombie, and he goes, don't, don't say that, don't yeah. say the Z word. You know, so it's almost like a, they're self-aware that zombies are a thing, but in a film like this... It's weird, like, she goes, oh, they're monsters or something. No, no, they're people. What do you mean they're monsters or something? <laughs> they're obviously people, you twat. Like, and, like, that's another thing as well. Like, the zombie makeup and, there's, and the way the zombies act in this is some of the worst oh, shit I've ever seen. It's fucking hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. They've just got greasy green face paint on because, obviously, in Dawn of the Dead, right, <laughs> they've just put a, like, Green hue over the zombies, that's basically all they do for a lot of the zombie effects is they are just green. But it kind of works because they, it looks like the skin has turned green. In this, there's a shine to it. So it's obviously face makeup. They've actually got shiny faces. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, you know, give them a bit of powder or something. It's terrible. <laughs> fuck me. Like, and the zombies as well. Like They walk around like regular people, but only their arms have got rigor mortis. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that? It's all, and they look like they should have been in a thriller video. <laughs> like literally, their arms are like locked at ninety degrees, and their fingers are locked, like splayed out, almost like they're doing a robot dance. But the rest of them is just kind of limbering around. It's fucking tell. I don't know. I don't know who was giving the zombies direction. It was yeah. mental. Like, oh fuck me. It's, and some of the stuff as well, like. One soldier told, told his mates right at the beginning, you need to shoot them in the head. The film then spends the next hour and 20 minutes of them shooting them in the body and complaining that they're not going down and they're running out of bullets. It's yeah. like, how many times do you need to be told to shoot them in the fucking head? Because he'll tell them again, shoot them in the head, and 10 minutes later, they're shooting them in the body going, fuck it, we're running out of bullets, guys. I'm running out of bullets. <laughs> right, we'll shoot them in the fucking head then. It was insane. It's like I was shouting at the screen in the head, <laughs> and I'd like even towards the end of the film, like in the in sort of the last the last ten minutes, they're still going for body shots. Like they literally can't get their head around it. it was I was cracking up. Oh god! It's just it's, the, it's the weirdest Absolutely. thing. 
But can I just say though? Is well, like, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Can I just say though? If there was ever a movie to close out our last movie, this is one of the most entertaining ones I've seen. Just entertainingly bad. Uh, the dubbing in this movie is horrific. Yeah. Like, like genuinely, one of the worst dubbed movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It is fucking. And again, it makes awful. me think. Like, surely some of the stuff isn't what they're meant to be saying. Like, there's a scene where they're talking about going into the jungle. And the woman goes, even in a tank, you'd be risking your life driving into this jungle. Have you? Are you joking? Have you seen the damage a tank can do? What do you mean, even in a tank, you'd be? Fuck off! Like people drive down. Like, have you ever seen that thing where that bloke just went mental in a tank and just started driving down the street and they literally couldn't do anything about it? Yeah, there's it. nothing you and can the do. Only is in a tank. They stopped it. Hey, yeah. And the only reason they stopped him at the end is because, like, the central reservation bit that splits the, the middle of the motorway, he tried to, he tried to cross that, and the and like the massive wedge of concrete gets stuck between the two tire tracks. So he's almost like seesawing over the side, and that and he basically then got stuck on the central reservation and couldn't get off it. And that's how they stopped. That's basically how his kind of reign of terror came to an end. If you're in a tank, you could fucking drive the hundred mile length of that jungle. And, and as long as you didn't come across deep water, you would be absolutely fine. So I think that 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 makes no sense. And I just think, why did she say that? Why didn't? Because these are army guys. She's yeah. saying that to, and then they should have gone. Sorry, love. Like you, you've been in a tank. Yeah, it's like, it's the only thing that's a killing machine. Yeah, the only thing that's stopping that tank is a bigger tank. Or you if it I mean? runs out of petrol, that's <laughs> it. Runs, yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. Just there like, was a brilliant bit where she like tries to ingratiate herself into the tribe and he basically dresses her like Frank Sidebottom. <laughs> just puts a giant paper mache head on her. <laughs> so that freaking uh, and that the weird it's weird like the special effects as well. Like when they because at some point they do go, oh yeah, headshot. And it's weird, like because it keeps flip-flopping, like they'll do headshots for a couple of minutes, and then in the next scene they're back to body shots and forgetting that it's the headshots. But when they do do the headshots the special effect is just the camera zoomed right in on the per- on the like the, the zombie's face, so literally it fills the full screen. A tiny bit of blood just like gets thrown onto their skin, and then the head just drops out of shot, yeah. like just like a trap door's open, and that's this that's the effect they use when a headshot happens. But then, but then later on in the film, like the headshots are brilliant, where the head literally explodes and like the face like fucking like you know caves in and all that sort of thing. And then we go back to the weird headshot, tiny bit of blood dropping out through a trapdoor bit, and it's like, what? I think, I, I think, know, yeah, so- I, I had read that there was additional shots, like like additional special effects, and zombie deaths had been added later. So it would not added surprise, in, yeah, yeah, it exactly. wouldn't surprise me if some of the better ones were the ones that were added in later, or vice versa. Yeah. Like some of the really bad ones were the ones that were added, and that's why you get like some and some bits and some and the other. So okay. it's, just, it's a weird. It's, now, well, it's what. What were you going to say, Andy? You were going to throw up. I was, a... was, was going to say, I don't know if I was watching an uncut version or a cut version because there's, a, there's basically, there's a minute where like this guy is literally surrounded by zombies because they're all like taking the piss out of him and he goes, right, fucking stay here. I'm going to go and sort this out. And he kind of deliberately surrounds himself with zombies almost to prove a point that he can take them all out. So he like, he puts himself in, in like harm's way of these zombies and then the next minute, it just clips, like, the, the, it just changes shot to some birds, like, stock footage of some birds diving for fish. And then the next minute, he's back in the truck completely unscathed. And I was like, what the fuck? Was that, was that in your one? 
Yeah, I didn't and see you anything. Get to see- no, I didn't get to see anything. Like, I did think it was... The thing is, though, I did think it was kind of weird, but I just chalked it up to poor filmmaking. Yeah, but that's literally a cutscene. Like, you can't show a guy surrounded by about seven zombies, then show me some birds fishing, and then he's back in the truck going, all right, guys, like, like it never... It's so fucking weird. Just made no sense at all. I mean, there's a pretty cool scene of, like, a dead, I don't know, a dead old woman with a cat in her stomach. Yeah, I don't get that. Fucking weird. I and I felt a bit all. sorry for the cat because it didn't it didn't look happy. But yeah. I thought that was kind of strange and cool. Um, and then there's like an epic bowling ball fucking kill at the end where it's basically this guy like shoves his hand into the woman's mouth and then pokes his fingers out of her eyes like he's using her as a human bowling ball and that was fucking awesome. Yeah, or definitely. It wasn't a very good effect. It wasn't a great effect, but the, the, the idea behind it was like was really cool. good. That's straight out of Day of the Dead, isn't it? Of course. Straight out of Day of the Dead. <laughs> of course. Except in Day of the Dead, in Day of the Dead, his fingers go in the eye sockets. In this one, it goes in through the mouth and the eyes come out. Instead, it's just it's just it's just they've done the same shot, just the other way around. Fucking hell, yeah! It's such a Dawn of the Dead. This is <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense. Is you you've this film's got to be seen to be believed? How like you say, hodgepodge? It's a fucking hodgepodge. It's a mishmash. It's whatever you. It's just someone's basically been like eaten a load of zombie films and then just been sick. Yeah, and that's and we're watching the vomit. Like that's it. That's that. I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's bizarre, but it's so horrendously shit that I I'd buy this on Blu-ray because it's oh god yeah yeah it's it's one of those ones that, and I have plenty. I've said this before. I have plenty of um a plenty of Blu-rays of movies that I know are bad, but I, they're bad in an entertaining way that, you know, I know that if I sit down and watch them, I will smile when the movie comes on because it's so fucking bad or you'll show someone, like someone will say, oh, I saw this really bad movie and you're like, Let's see, watch this movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's not bad. This is bad. Um, and that's up there. You know, right? also, I've just quickly been looking, it also nicked some music from Contamination as well. Fucking hell. There you go. I just, just so there's like, another film. From the nasty list as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. it's a... Uh, yeah, it really is. It's just a, it's just a, a, a blend of pretty much. As the, the the tragedy is, is that a blend of zombie movies that are much better than it. It emulates. It tries to be the movies by basically copying things from it, and it's never as good as those movies. It's fucking hugely entertaining though. It is. Yeah. Is, it is it is um it is literally like you know them artists that drink coloured liquid and then throw up on a canvas yeah. and go, there you go, there's some art. Yeah, the Turner Prize is no means. That's basically what this movie <laughs> that, is. That is this fucking movie. They didn't get permission either, did they, to use Goblin soundtrack no. to try to sue them. Yeah, Goblin That's tried to sue them from it, yeah. Um I don't know if I don't know how that landed, so I don't know um on future releases. I would hope the score is still the Goblin score, even though it ripped off. It does kind of weirdly fit it because it was written for yeah, another. Problem, it was written it? for it's another like zombie movie. Yeah, there was some of the music in the young ones that they didn't have the rights for, and they had to remove it. And it's just not the same episode anymore. And you're so used to watching it. So yeah, if they release it on uh, Blu-ray and, and change the score, yeah, uh, that'd be fucking annoying, yeah. but uh, and also pretty understandable. Oh my god, there we are, Andy. Jesus, what a film. What, well, what a fucking best film way to, to finish end it. Up. Yeah, what best way best way to finish the, the, the nasties list. In terms of my grade for it, I'm so I I am slapping it on the wrist, Andy. I can only only slap it on the wrist, and that's for some of the gore. 
and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and I definitely I get... did not need to be on the on the the list. What about yourself? I want to give it more, but I can't. It's, <laughs> it's just shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. It shouldn't have been on on either list. It's just terrible. It's it's just hilarious because it literally like a lot of the films that are on the list. It, this is the one that's nicked it from, and then it's also going to be up marking. Well, Dawn of the Dead is one of the best zombie films of all time. Let's let's do some. Let's have some soldiers in it, and let's yeah. nick Goblin soundtrack and. But no, it's like, yeah, good try, guys, but it's pretty shit. But this is, yeah, this is the epitome of one of them films that's so bad it's good. It is fucking awful, but I highly recommend it. Agreed, agreed. Right, we are taking our very final break of the show. When we return, we are closing it out right after this. The Nanoazer is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hey, Wazelle, I think we should record a new ad for Bananaazer. Great idea, Dave. We should say that Banana Laser Horror Podcast is hosted by us and Alex. What? I heard my name. I think we should talk about the retrospectives. They've been a pretty big hit. Fucking Friday the 13th, Saw, Halloween retrospective. Yeah, man. I've heard people listen to that Halloween retrospective every October like it's tradition. Yeah, you don't say. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. I do, too. You listen to your own podcast? Yeah, our shit is that damn good. Yeah, man, we should also say in the ad we hope to introduce horror fans to something new, whether it's a movie they haven't heard of or look at other films in a new way. Yeah, we could talk about our walking through the 80s specials we did when we covered the 80s movies. We could talk about rolling through the 70s. We could talk about you doing mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, we can. Are you writing this down? Writing? What are you two talking about? Yeah, and the ad should say all the technical stuff, too. Like, you can find our show and its full archive on horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Um, is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's... Oh, well, hold on. We could talk about uh, Banana Bites, because no one else does it. It's uh, the in-between episodes. Yeah, all about horror news releases, and, of course, with our witty opinions and observations. Ugh. Yeah, shit. Perfect, man. I think that should do it. This new ad for Banana Laser is going to be awesome. Oh, that's what you guys are talking about. Can I be on it? No. <laughs> Banana Laser wins every time. Okay, welcome back after the break. So there you go. That's the three final films from the non-prosecuted list, and that basically brings us to as to a close. All 72 films. Um, that's not the end, though. We have got one more episode. Obviously, we are going to come back in two weeks' time, and we're just going to... We're just going to chat about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we really, you know, agree should have been on the list and what really fucking shouldn't have been on the list. And you know what we're going to talk about in that one. And <laughs> think how it's going to come up again. Um, we're also, we're just going to basically just shoot the shit for an hour or so about this whole kind of experience. I think I'm probably going to, um, obviously we haven't got any f- more films to watch mm-hmm. uh, for, for, next, you know, for next episode, but I am going to sit and watch through the Video Nasties documentaries again because I haven't seen the second one, um, but ah, I do own that one now. Yeah, so yeah, it's watch good. the first one again. Have a good look, sit through the second one just to sort of, uh, hopefully bring you some more trivia as well for next time and then we're doing questions from listeners as well are you saying because i'm not really on facebook at the minute but yeah. you uh you, you posted up have you hey i will be i'll be posting when this episode goes live i'll post up and i'll give you you'll have about 10 days to submit questions um cool. and i'm gonna i'm gonna put out there andy because i kind of feel that this is the sort of show that I can do that you can ask us absolutely fucking anything yeah, oh, yeah. ask us about yeah anything you want at all ask us and we will and we will answer honestly um, 
unless you are trying to trap us in some way of an admission of guilt to a crime, in which case... Um, I will probably do it anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> not that I'm a criminal, but Andy, you know, he's a crime lord. Um, but um, a shifty character. Shifty, he's a geezer. Uh, a rock and roller, as Guy Ritchie would try and have us all think. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think we'll do some of that as well. Like Andy said, it'll be about an hour episode. We'll kind of touch on various different conversations to do with what we've covered in the last uh, 24 episodes and 72 movie reviews, and at the same time, answer some of your questions, and, uh, yeah, bring the show to its, its natural final conclusion. Um, yeah. I'd just like to say, and I will be saying this a lot on the next show, but thanks again to everyone who has checked out the show, downloaded it. We did manage to make the list of top downloaded episodes again, for for the previous month and that is thanks to you guys out there checking out this show yeah um, totally yeah thank you very much for all the support I, I know that certain listeners will be i was chatting to our good buddy andy clark last night who congratulated us for making it to the end um yeah did note however that he is not sad that he will now have a couple of weeks where he's not having to watch three nasty movies and I was like I hear you sir I hear you as much as I'm going to miss it the idea of sitting down to watch movies which I know in all likelihood are not going to be great is is not something I'm going to miss too much of so yeah yeah. so yeah thanks Jeff as well for getting us not only a copy of a film that we just couldn't find anywhere but there always seem to be pretty decent copies that he gets us as well quite high you know decent amount of megabytes so they're pretty good quality and obviously Witch from the Sea um was one we just could not find anywhere and Jeff sorted us out. So cheers for that. It's about the fifth or sixth time he's done that now. I think, so. yeah, this show would not have... We would not have been able to do this show without Jeff because there, we legitimately could not find certain titles at all. And um, yeah. when it comes to that stage, <clears throat> it comes down to, well, the whole point of the show is doing reviews of all 72. So it comes down to how do we track down copies of certain movies. Um, and through the usual channels we couldn't Jeff however with his pack with Satan managed to um, track down uh, I think in total it's been about 6 or 7 movies that he's managed to get us yeah, for yeah. for the show and that has been hugely helpful and we wouldn't have been able to do it with him cool oh right I think Andy that oh. we, we take our leave just now uh, we go and pour ourselves a tall drink or something um, relax it is after midday so yeah, well, <laughs> it's accept- yeah it is acceptable now in Scotland anything after 9am is acceptable so um, yeah, I, thought could- it was, I thought it was I thought it was 7 in Scotland <laughs> well, I, I was, I, yeah well it is after <laughs> 7 I was just trying to make us sound a bit more cultured by saying 9 yeah. uh, but yeah we're going to take we're going right. to we're going to take our leave of you listeners and we'll return in two weeks time for the very final episode of Doing the Nasty until then Andy would you like to say goodbye to our listeners please yeah thank you very much for uh, sticking with us listeners come back one more time in two weeks time thank you bye bye Ah. they were called nasties and they were nasty some of the things that we've seen are so horrific these films not only affect young people but I believe they affect adults as well An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.